morning and welcome to the Power Up show on Tuesday, no, Thursday, my mistake, the 4th of July 2019. It's currently 5.6, uh, 5 past 6. Jeez, I'm having a good day today. Uh, as always, you with Mia and Paul rocking you through the week that was in business. Paul, what is on the agenda for well, today? Well, good evening, Mia. Good evening, everybody. So we've shifted for everybody yeah. to recognise our voices <laughs> yeah. from a Tuesday uh, lunchtime through to a Thursday evening. Uh, it's something that uh, people felt that they couldn't always tune to the show, so... Uh, We've moved. Uh, I mean, now on a Thursday evening between 6 and 7 every week. So yeah, it's Power Up Express. Um, so on the show today, we've got a couple of guests that are going to be joining us on the phone. Uh, first of all, we'll be hearing from Lara Berry from Chicks on the Go. And she'll be talking about why people are turning to trades. Um, now, the other thing that's very important is bad reviews on Google can really have an impact on SMEs. So um, we're going to be talking um, to um, uh, Samantha. Samantha Hurst mm-hmm. on that uh, for a while as well. Um, we're going to be talking about um, elements of uh, a customer um, psychology and it's important to that. And uh, Mia's going to be taking us through some excellent work on that. Um, um, and I'm going to be talking about something to do with unlocking the code for high-performing businesses. Um, and that's really all we have time for in a packed show this evening. Yeah, fantastic. So bear with us, get used to us, because we are here to stay in the evening by popular demand. You're listening to Power Up Show with Mir and Paul on a Live 90.5. You are back with the Power Alive Up Show. Alive 90.5. With Mir and Paul. And we've actually got Lara Barry from Chicks on the Go with us off the back of an article that was written in the Australia about why Australians are turning to the tradie life. Lara, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Thank you so much for coming on the call with us. We really appreciate you having on, being on the show. Thank you for having me. Lara, the reason we wanted to touch base with you is because off the back of this article, many of us, you know, work that nine to five, helping other people build their business. But after a shoulder injury you that, that started slowing you down, um, you knew it was time you needed to rethink what the future looked like. Uh, and that yes. was where Chicks on the Go was born. Yes, pretty much. I used to work for a cleaning company. And then when I did my shoulder in, uh, my partner said to me, look, why don't you just start your own business? And um, it all kind of blossomed from there. Beautiful. And despite the slow turn in the economy and the bad payments within the tradie industry, more and more Aussies seem to be leaving their nine-to-five, taking on a trade and building their own business. Why do you think Australians are making this change? I think people just like the idea of being their own boss. I think they're tired of someone telling them what they can and can't do, what days they can and can't work. Um, And I believe, like, the society is, like, changing everyone wants to fit in with their lifestyle they want to fit in more with their families and what their families are doing so they're broaching out and um, taking the step to start their own business so for you did you have and, and i've got paul here with me too but did you have any business knowledge or background when you started laura I had none, so it was all from scratch. It was scary. Hi, Laura. It's Paul here, and I think that uh, it, look, it's an interesting, very interesting story and a great story. And I think that uh, you know, I think certainly one of the things that sounds like I know what reading the article as well. The obviously the start was uh, you know was something which you threw yourself in, which is fantastic. But uh, I, I noticed there's a bit there about paying yourself last first of all, and I guess that's the hard thing, isn't it? When you go into business, um, you're going to set up a business, and uh, you've got other commitments to pay other people. Um, they need to pay yourself, um, but you come last in the food chain and I guess it's a hard concept isn't it switching from that uh, switching to that rather from when you're actually working a 9 to 5 job it is yes um, because you want the job you want your business to grow you tend to sort of pay yourself last or pay yourself bare minimum but then at the end of the day it's you know is it going to work for you your family 
Um, and I believe if you know if you believe what you're doing is worthwhile, then you make the sacrifices early yes. so that down the track, um, hopefully it pays off for you. Yeah. No, what were some of the biggest challenges that you had without that business experience? Um, I guess the, the biggest one was how do you start a business? <laughs> do I need insurance? Do I need an ABN? How do I find the customers? Are they mm. the questions that? I had to deal with right from the very beginning because, you know, I knew nothing really. Where did you find that support? Um, you find a community of like-minded people. Mm-hmm. You ask the questions. I mean, I guess the old saying, the only silly question is the question unasked. <laughs> yeah. um, there was a lot of times I thought, oh, my God, I just feel so stupid asking this question. But if you don't ask it, then you don't know the answer and yeah. that helps heaps. Uh, absolutely right, because I think it's, there's no such thing as a stupid question as there really, and I think when you start out doing something completely fresh, um, you know, when you've all sorts of things you say you haven't had to think about in the past, you just got to ask the questions, and uh, and it, yeah. sometimes also it's a case of like you don't know what questions to ask. You're right, it's, it's trying to find the right people can, uh, can can be a challenge, but you know, obviously you've, you've got there successfully over a period of time, which is fantastic. Laura, well, I wanted to you. ask, how, how long have you been in business now for? So my partner and I started the business, um, we were by ourselves for the first two years, mm-hmm. and then um, for the last um, two years just gone, we've had employees. How so many employees have you got? Up. How many employees are working uh, with you now? Six at the moment. Wow. So you've actually gone from working for somebody else, having a crook shoulder, creating a, a company, a tradie company, where you basically looks like you do quite a lot of services, and you yeah. now have six people working for yourself, and one of the comments you make, as Paul said, is that you're still struggling to pay yourself at the end of every month. Well, yes, because um, once you take on staff, that's a whole other ball game. Mm. But it's just you and your partner, or you by yourself, it's, it's, you know, it's all pretty straightforward, but once you take on employees, there's like insurances, super, taxes, you know, all that kind of stuff that comes into the ball game. Every time you hire someone, you've got shirts, products, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's, it's like a whole different ball game. So I suppose the big question now is, do you have any regrets or was it the best decision you've ever made? I love it. Look, I love my business. It's not easy. It's not, um, it's not something that you sort of just, I don't know, think straight away. Well, you shouldn't think straight away it's going to be, it, it's happening, you know, and it's going to happen. It takes hard work. Um, it's good if you have supportive family and friends. Mm. And I just, I don't regret it because I, I believe that, you know, the business can really grow. Um, it, the name's getting out there in the community now. And, you know, that's great. What advice would you give to business, uh, to, to people at the moment who are thinking about coming out of their nine to five and starting some sort of a trade or going back to school to learn a trade? I think go for it. <laughs> if, you, if you don't, if you don't give it a go, then you, like you said, you just regret it. And if it works for you, then just go go with it. You come across hurdles, you come across, you know, walls, but find a way to get over them. Don't just give up because um, it didn't work for you the first time. You know what I mean? I yeah. go for it. Like just go for it. Beautiful. Thanks so much, Lara. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Lara. Did you have any other questions for Lara? No, it looks great. Look, good luck, Lara. It sounds like you've done a great, a great start to your business life and uh, there's no turning back, is there? No, no absolutely not. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm loving my business. It's great. Thank great you so to much hear. for having Fantastic. me. Fantastic. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks so much, time. Lara. Good to talk to you. All right. Thanks. You're Bye-bye. listening to The Power Up Show with Mir and Paul on a live 90.5. 
Samantha Hurst from Clickstart Digital is a business owner providing employees with an option of creating their own online business as well as building e-commerce sites. And it is so important that business and brand reputation stands ahead with no blemish. blemish. But one bad mark or a comment throws a negative spin, Paul, as mm. you know, mm. on, on what a person does. So creating and operating e-commerce sites is definitely the way of the future. Um, and it does become increasingly difficult when these negative reviews are associated with you. Sam, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We do appreciate it. That's okay. No worries. Now, Sam, you have been a victim of bad reviews. I have, yes. And what That's impact does it have on your business? Yeah, look, it, it impacted my business um, because, unfortunately, people believe everything that they mm. read online, if it's true or not true. And, you know, consumers are really sceptical these days just That's because of all the online scams out there and so it's just another objection for us to get over. And, I mean, the reality is we all look for reasons why not to buy with you. So I'm sure you know as well as Paul and I do that when you look at reviews, you see 500 good ones and then you go looking for that one bad review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a terrible thing to say, isn't it? But it's, just, <laughs> but it's, it's the reality. But, mm. <laughs> Samantha, what happened when you started to get these bad reviews and they started coming in? How are you feeling personally around it? Yeah, look, when it started happening, I mean, I've been in business for over seven years and I've it's been fine and I've had nothing until January this year. It was just really strange. And then one popped up and then I had another one pop up and I didn't know who they were from. So, mm-hmm. and that was sort of, yeah, so that was really hard because, you know, you don't know who's writing it. And yeah, it was just, it was just really stressful. And when you put your heart and your soul into your business, as everyone does, if you're a small business owner, it just, yeah, it, it, you do take it personally. Yeah, well, <laughs> have an impact yeah. on you personally and yeah. So when you start seeing these reviews, I mean, we all hear that you need to manage the bad reviews and answer the bad reviews and, you know, get your side of the story out there. Was this just not an option for you at the time they were coming through? Yeah, so it was just, yeah. I mean, initially I didn't know what to do because the ones that were written, as I said, I I didn't know. They weren't sort of clients. I checked the names and stuff and they weren't any, you know, we didn't have any clients by those names. So I was... Um, lucky in the sense of sort of worked out that if I contacted the reviews website directly and just you know told them my case and said I don't know who this person is I'm assuming it's a fake review possibly written by a competitor or who knows um, and I was lucky actually most of them took the reviews down mm-hmm. so because there was a couple on a couple of different websites mm. um, so yeah so some of them are, are good in that way I mean just, I know that there are websites out there that don't take reviews down <laughs> but mm. Uh, yeah, it just depends on the review and yeah. the content, really. You know, if, it is, if you can prove that it's fake or if the review is defamatory, so if, if someone's saying something negative about you personally or, you know, they're saying that your business is a scam or whatever, if it's defamatory nature, um, yeah, usually the, the website will sort of take it down and remove it. Which is so you say that you got hold of the, the website and you had you had to put your case forward to get these bad reviews taken down. But, I mean, that would have taken time and money. What kind of costs are involved in doing this and time involved in doing all of this? Yeah, it did take up a bit of my time. So, obviously, instead of devoting time on my business, I had to, you know, devote it elsewhere. So that, was, that obviously had an impact, uh, a little bit of an impact on my business. Um, and yeah, and it just, as I said before, it's just another objection for us to get over mm. when we're having those phone calls with potential clients. And as I said, they're just skeptical as it is because there are so many online scams and they read, as you said, 500 good reviews, one bad one. And mm. it's just, 
takes their scepticism up to another level and it does have an impact on you know, all businesses financially, mm. including yeah. our business. So, and, I mean, you're not yeah. unique, regardless of where the business is, whether yeah. it's my hairdresser down the road or an e-commerce mm. site, you know, in the middle of Texas or wherever. Yeah. Um, a bad review is a bad review, and it impacts small mm. business today to such a great extent. I mean, mm. what advice would you give to small business owners? And I'm sure there are many out there already who are struggling with bad reviews that are coming from, I don't know, bots or just poisonous people out to, to really mm. Smear that good name. Yeah, look, the advice I'd give is don't engage on the website with the reviewer. Um, I actually made the mistake of doing that. <laughs> I learned the hard way. <laughs> um, and it just it fuels the fire. Um, yeah. So, and then it just turns into a swinging match. Mm. And I've actually seen other businesses that had bad reviews and they've gotten into the. And it just doesn't look good on on both sides of the fence. So. Um, yeah, advice would be don't engage with the, mm. the reviewer on the website unless you're going to come back in a positive light and say, I'm sorry you feel that way. Contact yeah. me personally and One, I'll try and help you. No, it's good. Um, yeah. <laughs> One other thing I've seen in the past people do as well, I don't know whether this is a good tactic or not, so I'm really interested in your, your views here, is um, I've seen people um, actually acknowledge online that there is a review there and um, and, and try to give some, some feedback and um, where the person has given their own perspective in terms of what's happened, or it could be they're maybe saying that it's... Uh, you know, it's uh, it's not anything they're aware of. So, is is that something you would recommend, or do you think it's best to just to, um, to yeah, yes. yeah? But try not to get. So, I, as I said once again, I've learnt the hard way with this. But I have responded. There is, uh, we do have a, a negative review online. It is actually a real one from a client, hmm. but there were some step, circumstances behind it. Yeah. So, I have responded to her review on the website, and yeah. I sort of in a very polite way. Yeah, and I've that's just, right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I presume it's like apologised and sort of offered further assistance. Sure, but I've also stated our claim from our side of the fence, but without opening up, you know, um, yeah, for a flinging match kind of thing and getting you know defensive. I guess is probably what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and presumably like anything else, like this, it's it's trying to take the emotion out of it and just concentrate from your perspective on the facts, so you come across as looking good in this. Um, exactly and it sounds like Samantha what you're also suggesting is if you do have a bad review and you are at fault take ownership for it and deal with it but Mm -hmm. if you're not at fault and it's just coming from who knows where just you know get hold of the the uh, website and get it taken down because you're not going to win the battle anyway that's it 100% so and the other thing that I've um, done as well is with the negative review that is online I've asked um, I reached out to a few of our clients and said, hi, you know, can you just leave a review on this website for us? Um, and, you know, most people will do that <laughs> mm. um, if they're happy with your services. And it just helps push that negative review down as well. So then people can say, oh, look, you know, they've got 20 positives and one negative on, on this website. Mm. So Beautiful. It, just, um, it helps with that as well. Great. Thank you so much, Samantha. We do appreciate it because you, bad reviews on Google at the moment are rife. Uh, and I yes. think your story was definitely <coughs> worth telling. That was Samantha from Click Start Digital. Thanks so much, Samantha. You're listening to a live 90.5. This is a Power Up Show with Mir and Paul. And you're back with the Power Up Show with Mia and Paul. It is currently, what, almost 22... Uh, where are we at? Seven. Seven, thank you. So PM. In case <laughs> yeah. you're wondering what, whether, what time of day it is. 20 to 7. It's 6.37 to be honest. It's what? It's 6.37. 
My mistake, sorry. There it's 6.37. Just quickly, a quick traffic report, Paul. Um, down in Springwood, there's a two-car crash, moderate traffic conditions. Uh, the power lines are also down in Springwood, so we've got heavy traffic conditions and uh, expect significant delays by the looks of things. So Ooh. just, you know, turn up, listen to us. We're pretty awesome and our music has been rocking. And uh, does that mean that uh, everything on public transport is good? <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> You're not on the train, so they're probably oh, uh, running just perfectly uh, well. Yeah, they probably are. That's right. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Paul, I wanted to have a discussion with you because sure. there's this new buzzword that goes around, and I know I adopt it too, and I use it every day in my mm. business, and mm. that is that the high performance. Yeah. Because this is what we're looking for. We're looking to build teams that strive towards high performance. Business yes. owners are building a team to become high performing in what they do. Correct. That's right. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. But I suppose the gap is, you know, well, not the gap, but... The, there's quite a few things you sacrifice mm. in order to achieve high, achieve high performance. I mean, in some instances, you even sacrifice the culture, mm. and then it negates the whole idea of high performance anyway. Because without the culture, you don't get the high Correct. performance. Correct. That's results. right. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah now, yeah. in your years of experience and training, you've mm. identified five things that you almost notice immediately when walking into an organization that actually shows you which organization is high performing and which one needs some work what are those five points that you've identified yeah look i think you know there's there's five of them i'd say probably the biggest gaps between um, low and high performing businesses and i think that uh, you've mentioned one of them already in terms of the culture and culture is important and culture is a and it's actually why I'll do another week. I'll talk about have a whole segment on culture because that's almost another topic in its own right. So I think having the right kind of uh, very culture in business is is very important. Um, so that's number one. Number two is about having a very highly efficient management team. So if you've got a management team that is dysfunctional, uh, they're not aligned, um, they're unengaged. Not yeah, unengaged, and, and, mm. and trust me, you get management teams that are unengaged and uh, and expect their employees to be engaged. And uh, quite frankly, it, it just it never has worked, and it, and it <laughs> never, never will. will. Correct. We know um, that story, yeah. And uh, so, so, number, so number three is having effective employee feedback. So actually telling people how they're going. And that's not just a case of, um, you is know. Is that like a, my review? Well, no, I, I, look, I mean, there's a, there's a whole uh, school of thought about how to do reviews now as well um, that's, that's changing. But I just think it's as simple as regular and ongoing employee feedback. So telling people how they're going on a regular basis, mm-hmm. whether that's regular monthly meetings, whether that's, uh, you know, even as weekly or, or just as things happen. Um, yeah. The one thing I love in terms of effective employee people, which I can't say nothing. I had a wonderful boss uh, a few years ago. It was absolutely fantastic um, um, at this. And it's about actually catching also somebody doing something right. Um, I, I say this a lot, but uh, if something goes well, tell them about it. <laughs> yeah. you know, if we'll it, always tell you when you've done something absolutely, wrong. Absolutely. The opposite happens all the time. But if somebody does something great and they're not expecting it and they even don't know you were there, tell them about it. Tell them about how, how good it was. Um, and uh, number number four is, I guess, managing employee expectations of their role. So actually tell them exactly what you actually require and actually um, making that making that clear. And that could be as simple as actually making sure there's a clear uh, description of their, their role um, and there's a clear goals that they're looking to achieve and just, just giving that level of clarity because without that level of clarity um, and that clarity should also be very much connected to the role of the business. So mm. if there's a disjoint between the strategy of business and what the people are doing that's a recipe for for disaster in itself um and the final one number five really is um individual accountability so basically making people accountable so you've gone in a situation whereby you've actually told people what they're doing and what they're being measured against and then holding them to um to accountable to that including um you know productivity measures about what you actually expect and look there there are five points i I obviously have to say that Mm. each individual business is is different so what uh what basically is uh is key for one business but overall those are the five 
areas um, that I found. And from research so in your opinion, what is mm. the red flag to go, hey, there's actually a problem here. Not only are you going to fall foul of becoming a high-performing team, but you're going to start seeing more fractures, the productivity is going to go down, culture is going to go down. What would be your two top flags? The two top red flags out of those, I think culture is definitely one of them because culture is that, uh, that beast that sits below the water. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sometimes very difficult to see. So having a poor culture can actually really d- destroy the place. And I think, that, to be honest, and the other one to me is actually having an effective management team at top. Anything to do with high performance in the business is always leadership-led. You need great people below you, but it has to be, uh, has to be driven by the leader. Mm. So, uh, you know, hopefully that was uh, that was helpful to help to share. And uh, it's uh, that's also based on uh, some research that I've done on this as well and groups that I'm part of. And um, that's uh, so much I'm happy to share with listeners if they want to hear more as well. Beautiful. Thanks, Paul. You're listening to The Power Up Show with Mira and Paul, rocking you through the evening. Uh, and we'll be back after you choose Beautiful Day. You're listening to the Power Up Show with Beer and Paul. I call it, that's what it, Power Up Express. <laughs> Power now Up we're Express. on a uh, Thursday evening. Um, so Mia, just uh, want to talk here about a little bit about uh, elements of customer psychology. So with mm. all the startups that are out there at the moment, many business owners forget that without a customer, there is no new business. Um, and now we're into a new technological age and customers looking for experiences. And we hear this phrase, customer experience. What does that actually mean? Well, let's just go back to one of the points you said. Without a customer, you have no business. So I'm always amazed when I see people who are starting up, investing so much money on their website, their marketing material, their marketing collateral, but very little time and effort is going into acquiring sales. The reality is if you don't have sales, you don't pay the bills. Correct. So it's where are we going to be putting our money and efforts in when we start our business. But um, Brian Solis wrote a classic book in 2013 called What's the Future of Business? And he started to talk a little bit about understanding social psychology and rethinking what your business models and approach and relationships actually look mm-hmm. like. And what it's done is it begins with Solidani's six principles of influence, which basically says, number one, social proof. Following the crowd, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's quite is, easy. Is that, is that what means social following a crowd in terms of it's a successful model that's worked before? Well, it's that, that if you're on the fence and you're not sure if you're wanting to buy something. So, for example, if there's a, a pair of really fancy new running shoes that are out there and you've just heard of them, you're not sure about them, but all of a sudden you see all these star athletes starting to promote them, that's probably what's going to tip you over. So it's social proof, proving that what you are offering is of high value that and good value. Sounds like a disaster waiting for a purchase to happen in my family but anyway <laughs> yeah, correct. the other one is becoming the authority and we've said this before be the authority be the guiding light let people know who you are what you stand for and why you are good at what you do mm, which is mm. so important the next one is scarcity less is more guess what you have three days to invest and I want to tell you people have that ticking time bomb going on in their head going three days ah and that's at 72 hours right so scarcity Mm. make sure that you really leverage scarcity as a tool Mm. um and this one's not going to come as a surprise to Mm. you people only buy from those they like know and trust build those relationships build those bonds Mm. of course go out network get to know people build Mm. a relationship build an online relationship if that's what you do make sure you're building that relationship Mm. and that's and that that can in some business that's absolutely key isn't it oh absolutely Mm. absolutely because you know what if i don't like you 
I might buy once from you, but I'm never going to come back and buy from you again because now mm. I don't trust you. The fact mm. that I didn't like you before mm. didn't mean I didn't mm. trust you. Now mm. I don't trust you. Guess what? We're done. And, and I guess the, the thing I always think of is um, uh, if basically if you're in a sort of business where repeat business is, um, is possible or referred business is possible, mm. that no like and trust is, 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 so important. is incredibly important. Yeah. The, the fifth point that we, we need to talk about in the principles of influencing is consistency. Just be consistent in what you do. Don't change what you're doing. Don't make your con- consumers feel really uncomfortable because mm. you continuously and consistently change things. Mm. Just be consistent. And you know what? The, res- the result of this is that over 60% of online shop- shoppers are actually loyal to their brand mm. because of consistency. Mm. We know mm. who you are. We know what you do. We know, like, and trust you. We're mm. done. And the last thing, and this I think is the most important part of what we do with consumer psychology, is rep- 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 I knew I was going to stuff it. <laughs> rep- Can you just write that again, please? <laughs> Giving back. I'm not going to pull an ad here. Giving back. You know, don't just be a taker. Give, give, give. You know what favours mean? If you do me a favour, whether you meant to do the favour or not, I am compelled Mm. to Mm. repay the Mm. favour. So just make sure that you... Give to gain. Yeah, give Mm. to gain. That's Mm. exactly Mm. right. And, you know, social psychology in general deals with how individuals relate to one another. So today, in today's social network, the social economy is defined by how people earn and spend this social capital. So, Mm. you know, based on this... Well, look, I think there, there's some there's some great information there, Mia, some great facts, and I know that uh, you got those from uh, from from Brian. But I have to say, <laughs> you're someone as well that uh, certainly inspires me in terms of the way that you um, you go out and uh, look to try and pitch in terms of uh, you know what you do in business and how you help others as well. Oh, so, thank um, you, Paul. So the I reckon it won't it won't. <laughs> yes, right. The checks in. Thankfully, that'll help my bank balance. Um, but um, I think it won't be long before actually you'll be publishing some, some information like yourself because you've got some wonderful tips that you give out to people. Thanks so much. Well, Paul, when we Come back. We're going to have Raj from the Bollywood we show. Are. And Exciting. We're going to yeah. ask him to teach you some Bollywood moves. How do you feel yeah, about that? Yeah, I might that? struggle with that. <laughs> I've got a bad back. I'm willing to give it a go, though. <laughs> I'm willing to take the risk on your behalf. Yeah, I bet you are. You're listening to the Pair Up Show with uh, Mir and Paul on a live 90.5. It is five two seven, Paul. We are done. Mm, we are done. Parap Express, as I'm definitely going to call it. I don't <laughs> yes. know. I know you don't like the name Parap Express, but um, it's uh, it's done for this week. So we'll be back next week at uh, at six o'clock. And Beautiful. Um,